Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Um, turn with us today to the book of Matthew. Don't stand just yet, but as you're getting uh, close to the scripture, I'll ask you to turn to Matthew chapter number 21. Chapter number 21, we're going to begin at verse 18. Let me tell uh, a story. This has been on my heart, and when she sung that song, I I was reminded that uh, even though Jesus Christ died for the sinner, you can still die without him. Even though he paid the pardon, you could still go to hell. Now, it sounds bizarre to think of it that way, but I remember reading a story, and I wish I could get the details. I'll, I'll find it one day again. But I read a story of a man who had uh, gotten into some serious trouble. He'd killed a man and got put in prison, and uh, he was to hang for it. This was in the 1800s. He was to hang for it. Evidently, there was some question about his innocence or his guilt. He, he had admitted he had done it. But either way, when a new president had taken office, that president signed a pardon for him. And uh, at the very last minute, the day before he was to hang, uh, the pardon arrived. And it was signed by the President of the United States. And uh, the warden came in there and he said to so-and-so, he said, you're free to go. He said, the President has signed you a pardon. And he handed it to him, but the guy wouldn't receive it. He wouldn't take it. And he said, you have to take this or the pardon is no good. And he would not take it. He said, I'm guilty of my sin. Therefore, will I hang? And he said, but I've got a pardon signed that says you can go free right now. But the lawyer that stood beside said, he has to receive it. And he hung. You know, you don't have to go to heaven. The work of Jesus Christ is finished. He will do nothing else to save you. It has all been done. His blood covers all sin. But you don't have to receive it. You can still go to hell today if that's what you want. You don't have to receive it. But if the Spirit of God is dealing with you this morning and has revealed unto you your your inability to get there on your own. You know you're lost right now. If you know that, you better get saved. Amen. You better get saved. Matthew chapter number 21. We will take our text this morning. We'll begin at verse number 18. We're going to read just uh, four or five verses here. Chapter 21, verse 18. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. Presently the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith, and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. 
And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you would grant us the unction to share it. Your voice alone, Father, is what we need. Help us, we humbly pray. Send your spirit in such a way that it makes its way into the corners of every heart, that we might be challenged by this truth, Father, challenged by this word, that we might recognize our need to move closer to you, to surrender ourselves to your work, to your will, and to your way. We're trusting you in this, for I am nothing. And I am asking you, God, now to allow us to lift you up. We trust it, believing as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As Jesus was going back into Jerusalem from Bethany, we find here a story of of Christ showing his, not, not just his deity, but showed that he was also a man. It said quite clearly he was hungry. As he went from Bethany back into Jerusalem, this would not not be long before he would uh, go to the upper room and then to the garden and then to a cross. Jesus knew all of this was coming. As he was going back into Jerusalem that day, the Bible said that he hungered. And as he approached a fig tree, he saw it. You can read in the other Gospels that he expectantly saw the leaves on the tree and assumed, expected to find fruit when he went to the tree. He was hungry. He was looking for the fruit. And when he got to the fig tree, what he found was that it was leaves only. It was only leaves. There was no fruit there. It looked like a fig tree. In fact, it was a fig tree. Its bark would have told him it was the fig tree. It was, its leaves were clearly the leaves of a fig tree. And so one would expect on a fig tree at the time of fruit to find figs. And yet the Bible said that he found no figs on the tree, leaves only. I want to share a message this morning about having leaves only. Leaves only. Jesus came expecting something that day, and I don't believe it's different with you and I. I believe there's an earnest expectation of the Spirit of God and Christ himself. When he looks in in my life, he's looking for something besides leaves. I'm confident today that the world lives with a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And that form of godliness, I might add, are just the leaves. Those are just the outward trappings of what men and women of faith might look like, what they might act like, those things that characterize a Christian man or a woman, how they might dress, how they might live, how they might talk. And yet, may I say to you today, you can have every look and work and feel of a Christian today, but if it is only the outward, you're still lost. The real test of whether you've been born again, friend, is not whether you can wear what a Christian wears. And talk like a Christian talks. It matters that you have proved unto God. How many of us today live lives that are just leaves? By the way, has anybody ever ate leaves? 
not that I'm aware of, not fig leaves. Anybody ever went to the apple tree and left the apple and just ate the leaves? No, when you go to a fruit tree, you're expecting to find fruit. Oh, here's where we find the rub. There are many a people today that have a form of godliness, but they don't know God. They have a form that suggests that they're people of God. As a matter of fact, they'll gather in, in houses or, or, or sanctuaries all over this world today. They'll gather under the name of Jesus Christ, but if Christ shows up, will he find fruit? See, the question is not whether you look like a Christian, whether you act like a Christian, whether you wear the things that Christians wear, by the way, I've not found in the scripture what they wear. I ain't even found what they look like. So what you're all you're doing today is mimicking the current version. I can assure you that we ain't wearing what Jesus and his disciples was wearing. And yet they were Christian. They were believers in God. They had fruit to bear. You and I today can get caught up in all that stuff and I fear that there are some that stand behind the pulpit and they get caught up in what the leaves look like. They get caught up in how a man's supposed to could keep his hair, how long his beard can be, or how long a woman's hair is, or whether she wears lipstick or or not wears lipstick. Let me tell you something. It ain't about the leaves today. If you ain't got it in your heart, you're still lost today. I don't care who you are. Now, I believe as well as anybody that we ought to dress modest and we ought to live right. There oughtn't to be no foul language, dirty jokes of the ungodliness coming out of our mouth when a person of this world sees us. He ought to see something different. But if all he sees is leaves, he'll never be changed. Because God didn't call me to bear leaves. He called me to bear fruit. And when he comes and inspects us daily, I'll tell you what he's looking for. It ain't leaves. He's looking for fruit. Let me see this morning, if we can't see the signs of an unconverted believer, the Bible said in Jude chapter number 12, these are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, listen to what he said about them. He said they're clouds without water. What good's a cloud without water? May I say to you today, when there's, when there's something expected of, of us, we ought to be careful to know what it is. We need to bear fruit. He said they're carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. May I say to you today that, today that Jude is dealing with the problem altogether. He said your fruit today, whether it, it is no fruit at all or it is a fruit that is inevitable, either way, if you don't bear fruit under God, it's not worth having. And it doesn't make any difference, right? It can't help someone unless it can be received, unless it is something that can help them and change them. Listen, the fruit that we bear, and I'll get to the fruit in a minute. The question is, is whether or not you bear fruit. An unconverted believer can't bear fruit. You say, how so? Well, they're not grafted into that vine. The reason is Jesus would say it like this. He said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. 
You can try all you want to. But unless you're grafted into Christ himself, you can't bear the fruit of a Christian. The apostle Peter would challenge those that were unconverted believers. He would challenge those that say they are born again and yet have no fruit. He would say this is a true proverb. This is something you can count on, that a hog that's been washed will return to the wallowing in its mire. How do you know that, preacher? Because there's still a hog. You can't, uh, the nature of a hog is to go to the mud. And you can't make a man live like a born again believer when he's never truly been born again. Sure, you can have leaves. You can look the what you can look the look and you can sound like them. You can even go to church. There's a lot of people that go to church that ain't going to heaven. There's a lot of people that think today because they have leaves, because they're in the place where the people of God go. They might even try to pray. They might even pray at home. They, they may read their Bibles. Let me tell you something. That is just leaves until fruit comes. And God is not looking for leaves. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for something that makes a difference, something that is produced from one's life, not because you bear leaves. Listen, anybody can look like a Christian. The question is, are they one? Jesus said, except you abide in me, you cannot bear any fruit. Listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to scold someone because they can't bear fruit. I'm trying to get you to understand why you can't bear fruit. Listen, it, it's not my intent today to alienate anybody, but you hear me right now. You can't make fruit until Christ lives in you. You're trying to be saved, but brother, it ain't about you trying. It's about having had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. It's about being transformed by the saving power of God. Until that happens, you just leave today. You just leave. The world might look at you and they might say, yep, that's one of them people from New Providence. Good old feller. That's a good one right there. You know how many people die and go to hell and people think they're good? It ain't about your goodness. As a matter of fact, we needn't discuss your goodness. It's his filthy rags in the sight of God, by the way, the very best you could offer. God won't accept it. He won't receive it. There's none good, no, not one, according to Jesus, and that settles it. You're not good. I'm not good. I ain't got anything to offer God. I can... I can shed a barrel full of leaves and it won't make a bit of difference. What he's looking for is something that is real, something that is, that is of him. And except you abide in Christ, you cannot bear fruit. I hope that gives you some relief this morning. I hope as an unconverted believer, you say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about people that are here that are deceived, that think they've been saved and yet really don't know the spirit of God. 
They've never experienced the, 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 the downright transforming power of the Holy Spirit of God coming into their life after a revelation of Jesus Christ in their own heart and mind and surrendering to it all. They get saved by the grace of God. You can't bear fruit until you're saved. Amen. I mean, listen, the poor person sitting here today Deceived of the enemy, I know who's behind this. The devil wants you to believe that you're fine. He wants you to believe there ain't no need to worry about what that preacher's saying. You've got all the things that the others have got. Hey, man, you've got plenty of leaves just like they got plenty. Listen, it ain't about the leaves. It's about the fruit. Except you abide in me. And I knew, he said, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except I, I abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Jesus went to the fig tree and he was hungry. There was an expectation that he had when he saw the fig tree to find fruit. Did you know I believe there's still an expectation of the Holy Spirit to those who profess faith to find in their lives the power of that faith? He's not fooled by my leaves. Right? The Lord's not fooled by my leaves because he's not interested necessarily in the health of the leaves of the tree. What he's interested in is when he gets inside the canopy of those leaves that he finds something that's real there, that he finds something that is bearing fruit, not of itself, but of him. He is divine, and you are grafted into that true vine. And what he said was, is being in me, you will bear much fruit. You will. I mean, I can see some of you good Christian people running out here tomorrow and saying, mm, I got to make some fruit. You ever looked out at your apple tree and see it just shaking? I got to make a fruit today. Got to make me an apple. It seems to do it effortlessly, does it not? It seems to just bud and bloom. And it's not out there struggling, right? It's not out there with his roots just trying to get more and say, oh, I just have to do something different or I'm not going to... I want you to know that if you're crafted into the true vine, you will bear fruit. It is the evidence. It is the very proof of salvation and its power. How many of us today have seen them? Right? I've been in it a while now. How many of us today have seen them? Amen. That they'll come and they make a profession of faith and they're around a little while and it looks like you're seeing some leaves. Amen. But they, they just ain't no fruit yet. And before you know it, they're gone. You say, where'd they go? They went back. How come? Because they never got it to begin with. Say, how do you know when you get it? If you got to ask that question, you probably ain't got it yet. 
When the king of glory comes in and abides in your own heart, you will know it. You say, that's too simple. No, it ain't that simple. Let me tell you something. I want you to try to pound a 50-pound bag or something into this. You put it in that, you know it. You know you've been saved. It's not something you have to guess about. This ain't about the world and its leaves. It ain't about the trappings of what it needs. It needs to be on fire for God. Or it's just leaves. It's just leaves. We live in a world of unconverted believers. Conceptually, mentally, they believe in Christ. They don't reject any of the doctrines that come from this pulpit. They have no offense to them being preached and it does, not, it does not offend them in the least that we say every Sunday you must be born again. The problem with it is that they have yet to receive it themselves. They believe it all. But let me tell you something, just because you got the leaves of religion does not mean that you are bearing fruit for Christ. And if you do not bear fruit for Christ, it simply means you're not saved yet. Leaves only. Leaves only. Jesus would go on to tell a parable to the disciples. I believe it's in the book of Mark. But he would tell a parable about the fig tree. And the owner of the vineyard shows up to the husbandman. (laughs) Boy, I find some grace in this one. The owner of the vineyard shows up. I believe that reflects God and Christ. Certainly the father, he owns it all. He shows up and he's got a fig tree here and it ain't doing nothing. Bearing no fruit. And you know what he tells the husbandman? He said, pluck it up. And he said, throw it in the fire. He said, I've been here three years in a row. And he said, this thing ain't bore a fig in three years. He said, jerk it up and cast it into the fire. Let me warn you, there is an end to this thing called mercy. When you breathe your last breath, your opportunity to be saved just ended. You better pay attention to what's happening in your life spiritually because it ain't about the outward trappings. It ain't about what you wear. It ain't about where you go. It ain't about any of other things. You say, preacher, will a Christian not live like a Christian? Absolutely they will. You'll find fruit being born in their lives all the time. But brother, you can live like a Christian and still die lost without God. People going to hell every day that think they're ready to meet only to find that the supreme, holy, righteous God of all the universe wasn't looking for leaves. He needs fruit. Leaves don't help you hunger. The owner of the vineyard, the owner of the, of the fig trees, he told the man that took care of him, he said, he said, I've been here three years in a row. He said, I've been pretty patient with this fig tree. And he said, these three years, you've been tending it, you've been helping it, you've been trying all you can try. 
And he said, this thing still ain't got no fruit. He said, I want you to pluck it up and I want you to cast it into that fire and let's be done with this. Let me say something to you, friend. God has every right to do whatever he wants to. But I want you to hear what the husbandman said to him. He said, oh, my Lord. He said, if you'll just give me one more year. He said, if you'll just let me. He said, I'm going to dig around from the roots. And he said, I'm going to fertilize right on them roots. He said, just give me one more year and see if this thing won't bear some fruit. Well, glory. That's what the grace of God is. That's what the spirit of God has done for you and me. He's given us another year and another year and he's still working to save you. Brother, you better get saved. It's going to be too late one day. Because I'll tell you for sure what happened when he came back the next year. If that thing hadn't made a fig, it was plucked up and it was thrown into the fire. The Bible said when Jesus went to the fig tree, he was expecting to be fed by the figs. And having seen that it had plenty of leaves, the Bible said he, as only he could do, spoke to his creation and he said, let no figs come on you from henceforth forever. And the Bible said immediately that fig tree began to wither away. Immediately them old leaves began to wrinkle up on that. It was in the middle, middle of the summer. There should have been fruit there, amen. There should have been plenty of more green left for that season. And yet they began to dry up on the limb. They began to shrivel up right there in front of them. And the disciples were amazed that it had happened so quickly. Let me tell you something. Your life ain't but a vapor, friend. When he turns his mercy from you, it's too late then. I believe today he's still digging around the roots. I believe today he's still working in some of that fertilizer. He's working in some of them good nutrients to give you every opportunity. Let me say something to you that are sitting here this morning. Lest you take advantage of the privilege you have right now. You could be sitting in any jail cell, hospital bed, or laying on a table of a morgue. You could be out there, amen, among people that have no desire for God, hope for God, or word from God. You could be living in a situation where your mind was void of God. You could be in a place, friend, where you never heard of a compelling call of the Holy Spirit calling for you, calling for you, calling for you. You could be in that place right now. And brother, if there's ever been a hopeless place on this earth, that's it. But you ain't, you ain't. You're sitting in the house of God this morning. You're sitting under the word of God this morning and you're sitting in the middle of the Holy Spirit. It's been in this place. You say, preacher, how you know? He's bared witness with me, amen, over and over today. Since we walked in the doors to this place, the Holy Spirit of God has been making his witness known. He's been helping people. He's been changing people. And brother, you sit there like I'm not on the law thinking somehow or another that this is all there is to it. 
You got leaves, but you're headed to hell. Because leaves only, that ain't what he's after. You've lived your life so noncommittal and unwilling to line up with God or his people. Brother, there's coming a day when he will curse you just as he did the fig tree. Your days are numbered. They will be over soon enough. You better heed to the call of God while he is speaking to you. When the Holy Spirit of God God speaks from heaven, friend, you've got to do something. Listen to me this morning. I'm trying to compel you, to beseech you, to wake up and to see that leaves won't get you to heaven. You've got to have fruit. Preacher, how do I know if I've got fruit? Let me start by this. Jesus shared a parable of a sower. And he gives four scenarios of how the sower went out and sowed the seed. Some fell upon that hard ground and quickly the birds snatched it away. And there were some that they, they fell into a place that when they growed, they, they were choked out. I remember in, in the text what it said was is that when it fell on the good ground, that it brought forth much fruit. Notice with me that what was important to be noted about the change was the fruit. According to Jesus, the Bible said, I believe in the book of John, he said, you shall know a tree by the fruit that it bears. Unfortunately, we go around looking at the leaves, thinking somehow that the health of the outward, the health of the leaves is somehow in in direct correlation with the content of the soul, but it's not. You can have a tree full of leaves, but if it doesn't have any fruit, what good? Anybody ever raked leaves? I mean, we kind of wish they'd just stay on their green all the time, don't we? He ain't looking for leaves. What he's looking for it's the fruit. The preacher, how in the world do I know if I've truly been saved? There'll be fruit. Jesus said that the seed that fell on the good ground, he said it sprang forth and quickly it bore much fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I'm not saying we all bear the same amount of fruit. I'm just saying you will bear fruit if you're a child of God. So preacher, what is that fruit? I jotted down from Galatians chapter number five, the fruit of the Spirit for you. The fruit of the Spirit. Now again, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, how are you going to bear fruit of the Spirit? If the Spirit of God doesn't live in you, How are you going to bear fruit of the Spirit? And so Paul in Galatians gives them a clear direction of how, of what fruit looks like that is of God. He said, number one, love. Love. 
That is a fruit that when you get born again, will bear. Now, there's some of these other fruits, amen, that we, we probably need some help with. But bless God, if you ever get born again, the Bible said you know that you pass from death unto life because you love the brethren. He starts with the first fruit that'll come on the tree. The old song says, makes me love everybody. That's a fruit you didn't have before. You was well capable of hating everybody. But knowing how to love everybody didn't come clear to our conscience nor our abilities. And yet what we find when you come clean with God and get born again, that the first fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Oh, thank God for love. The Bible said you can say you love God, but if you don't love your neighbor, you're a liar. How do you know he's a liar? Because if you get born again, you'll love your neighbor. Boy, I wish I had some of that. I can't hardly love my neighbor. Let me tell you something. If you ever get born again, you can't help loving your neighbor. When you want not to love your neighbor, there's something inside of you just said, keep loving your neighbor. What good stuff. I love that. That is a free, amen's God. I don't wake up every morning saying, oh, I need more love. I need more love. No. If I'll just get my heart right with God, it's it coming from everywhere. There'd be love based sprouting out. Amen. There'd be people stepping up. I'll have me one of them. Amen. Experiencing love because it comes from the source of love itself. So you can't be tied into the Holy Ghost of God and not bear the fruit of him. It's like the sap of that old apple tree. It comes and it just goes out through every limb and every branch. Every little thing that might hold a piece of fruit, the Spirit of God, it's going there. Amen. It's finding every avenue, every opportunity. He said, love is going to come from mine. He said, because I am love, and when I am in them, they're going to love too. You say, preacher, how in the world am I going to know if I really get saved? You'll love the brethren. You'll love them. Paul said, love and then he said, joy. You say, hang on just a minute. I know some of you discouraged. You think I'm going to preach all these. I just want to give you a little just so you understand what this. Let, let me tell you, he said, love. You say, love is a verb. I get that one. Love is an action. Right? Love is also a noun as it describes what it is that we have. But love is a verb because in, if you're not active with it it's not really love anyway right then he said joy joy you know said number two anybody ever live without joy he said when you get saved he said you fixing to grow some of them when you get born again he said that old joy going to sprout Amen, from every corner of your tree. You're going to wonder, where'd that come from? How in the world am I happy? 
right now in the midst of all this that's going on because even though joy is a noun, brother, when it goes to bearing on you, it becomes active and it'll change you. It'll change your day. I want you to know today I'm not confused about whether or not I've been born again because, brother, that's fruit. Love, joy. Some of you right now, you saying, give me some of that joy. I want some of that. Oh, you think that's something? He said, peace. Do you know the world can't give you peace? Do you know stuff can't give you peace? Did you know relationships won't give you peace? But Jesus said, I'll give you peace. No, he said, not as the world gives. He said, but I'll give you mine. <laughs> now that's some peace right there. Amen. That wasn't, I, I, I see these movies, it comes on, says modified uh, for, for this kind of TV. Can't remember exactly, but it says it's been changed from the original version. Do you know I don't get a modified version of peace? No, he said, I'm going to give you mine. He said, I've got peace. And he said, I'm going to give. You say, well, I need to get it, Jesus. He said, just hold on. He said, it's going to come to you. You ain't going to be able to help it. You're going to go to sleep crying. Bless God, you're going to wake up. And peace is going to be all around. You'll be gathering bushels of it in the next morning. Really? Well, the psalmist said, weeping may endure for a night. Oh, but he said, joy comes in the morning. I want you to know, I've gathered up bushels of, my, of the fruit, amen, that come from the tree. It wasn't my fruit, it's his. You don't have any fruit of yourself. He said, except you abide in me, you can't bear fruit. Oh, but he said, if I'm in you and you're in me, he said, you will, right? That's pretty confident. You know why? Because he's not depending on you to grow it. Right? You don't go out there, Beth, and sit by your apple tree in a lawn chair and say, now grow it, grow it, grow it. Grow me some of them. No. It does that because that's what it do. You don't have to tell it. That's what it does. How do you know if you're a child of God for sure? Well, there's fruit. The Lamb of God said there will be Fruit. He said, if you're attached to me, you can't help it. You might be the honorest, rebellious thing that I ever owned. But if you're mine, you'll have some fruit. Now, maybe it's only 30-fold. Maybe your neighbor's 60. Maybe one of them other good saints is 100 bushels. But you'll have some. Love, joy, peace. And from there, he begins to dig deep. Let me just read him long-suffering. Do you know that God can produce long-suffering in you and you don't even have to try? It's a fruit of the Spirit. You say, wait a minute, preacher. They've been a lot said here this morning, and I know this won't be on the video, but... <clears throat> Take my word from it if you're listening in. There's been a lot said here this morning about waiting on God and being patient. 
Part of patience is long suffering. It's just holding on. It's just suffering long as you endure and you look in that hope that we have in the promises of God. You're trusting in Him, right? Long suffering is a fruit that He bears. Well, I'm so glad that I don't have to go home and try to figure out the formula of long suffering. I don't have to go home and try to work this out and say, all right, tomorrow I got to crank this and out. I got to make this and happen. You know, there's somebody inside me that's bigger than me. That's what he said. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Who you say, who's in you? The fruit maker. The man who makes the fruit lives inside of me. And once he lives inside of you, I'm going to be clear again, you will make fruit. People have, they have formed religions since the beginning of time and told everybody it's about what you do. You know what that is? Leaves. What you do, I can see God up there. (laughs) What you do, you think that's edible? On your best day. No, good thing that my fruit production ain't necessarily about me. It's about whether there's a real fruit maker in me. And then what he does is he works on the rest of the tree to get as much of fruit out of it as he can. But mark it down, you will have fruit. You can't be a part of God and not have his fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Some of you could use a little more fruit on that one, right? Gentleness. Gentleness. Do you know that he that's in you is gentle? All you got to do is think about that one. Right? When he should have jerked you up yesterday and pounded you like a rock. What did he do? He dug back a little. He said, I'm going to work on that a little more. I'm going to make that gentleness come out in him. I believe it can. I believe she's got gentleness, just ready to bud. Because of me, we're going to see that fruit. Because of, because of the Holy Spirit, he said, we're going to see that fruit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering gentleness. Then he said goodness, just downright goodness. <coughs> you ever grabbed an apple? I don't really like apples as much as I do pears and peaches and stuff, but you ever get a good peach and it's just full and sweet, and you bite that thing, you say, oh, that's good. That is good. He'll make goodness come. Well, you didn't even know that you could have fruit. There'll be things, there'll be goodness coming out of the people of God. Love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness. Man, what fruit 
meekness, faith, temperance. And he said, against such there is no law. These are all the things of God. These are all, these are all the things that he does in you. I had some saying this morning, I, I believe his brother here said this morning, you know, sometimes you just got to pray, Lord, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, help my unbelief. Do you know that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is faith? Right? We often look at faith and think of that as something that we have an active responsibility in making. There is a, there is a part of it. There is a responsibility to faith. And you, you say, what is that? Well, it's believing. Right? As it comes a point, you just got to believe God and not, not your neighbor. You just got to trust God when, when you can't see how he's doing it. That's the part of it that's active for us. But, but what I take away from this is that that's, that's something that's going to happen. Do you know that faith will just bloom in your life? Every one of us should say, thank God for that. Well, Hallelujah. I didn't have to manufacture some faith today. I woke up and here it come. It just showed up. Here's some more faith. You say, how am I going to get through tomorrow? And you get up and there's a bushel more of it. Where did that come? Well, he living inside you. He that believes perfectly in the one who had created all things lives inside of us. Come get us home. Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. According to the Word of God, there ain't a law made by man that any of them violate. Nope, those are just hanging from the trees that are of Christ, ready to be given to anybody at any time for any situation, and they will help them. We're living in a day, and it seems uh, ever-pressing on my heart to be very clear about this. We're living in a time when our culture says we can manufacture everything we need from God ourselves. If you're trusting today anyone but Christ... You're going to be disappointed in the end. We're using the smoke and the lights and the power of good music to tantalize the senses and call it the spirit. If you can't stand blindfolded in the middle of the cornfield and feel the Holy Ghost of God, you better see what you've got. Because he don't need smoke, he don't need lights, he don't need tantalizing music to get me going. We're manufacturing this stuff and we're calling it fruit when it is just leaves. Jesus said it would be this way. He said in the last days, he said, they'll be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They don't want the word of God. They want something like it. 
They want to leave out the parts. A brother told me this morning about uh, somebody asking him to come to preach. Just don't preach on repentance. Just preach love. I don't know. They want, they want something that don't challenge their lifestyle. That's where we're at today. We're in the last days. And men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They'll heap to themselves <coughs> teachers because they got itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want to be patted on the back. As best I can pat you on the back, let me say it again. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, if the Holy Spirit of God doesn't abide in your heart, you're going to hell. Make yourself a note of that and read it again today. I'm going to hell. Listen, my job ain't to encourage you and pat you on the back and send you down the road with something that won't fill you. Listen, you can eat leaves all day long and you will not be satisfied. But it is to challenge you at your very core and make certain that you know you are ready to meet your God because you will meet him. And if you are undone without Christ and the blood that saves, you are not going to heaven. You are going to hell. It's a simple message. And we have a God that sent his son to prove his love for you. He died for your sins, but he will not force you to receive the pardon. You will have to accept it and believe to be born again. But if you feel it in your heart right now, this morning, you know that the Holy Ghost of God is dealing with you and your time has come. This is the moment. This is the, this is the time when God is saying, you have to come now. I've worked around your roots for years now. I've been patient with you For a long time, I have poured the best I have around your very roots. It's time that you bear now some fruit. And if you're of Christ, you will bear fruit. It's not of you, it's of him. You will bear fruit. So if you know for certain that you don't have that fruit and you don't have Christ, you need to be saved today. You need, to, you need to fall on your knees and call on Christ and ask him to save you. He'll save you. That's what he died for. He'll save you. As we stand and sing, if you're here this morning and you need him, would you come? Would you come to Christ? Obey him. Obey God.